are here, my friends, because you believe in the LGBTQ community and the importance of sharing our individual stories to help impact one another. The goal of the show is to introduce you to people and ideas that are going to help you, that are going to help you and motivate you to pursue your dreams and empower you to believe in yourself. Okay. My name is Alex Friedlander, and I'm here to introduce you to remarkable people who have helped shift the world we live in today. Today's guest is the one and only Faye Wood. That's, That's me. Right. Yes, girl. Faye Wood is a legend to me and to probably so many of you. She is uh, the host of Faye What, the amazing podcast that's out there. Be sure to check it out. Okay, she's also a host on What's Happening, What's Happening Out, right? Did I say that? It's called It's Happening Out. It's Happening Out. I apologize. No, it's it's Happening Out. <laughs> and, um, and she does a lot for the community, but I'm going to let her share a little bit about that. So help me welcome Faye What to the show. Woo! <laughs> Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, honey. Like, you've had some remarkable guests on your show, so I'm, like, super humbled and just, like, wow, super gratitude right now that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much. Very, very cool. That means a lot. So I, I started my uh, Faye What channel on um, two years, September 11th. It will be two years that I started my Faye What show. And very Get similar it. to you, you know, I wanted to empower and educate our community. And uh, that's what I've been doing with all of you guys watching. Um, I'm also blessed to be the co-anchor at Queer News Tonight, which is, which is the only LGBTQ plus evening news show. You know, I got tired of just watching the regular news where most of the news has nothing to do with us, right? Nothing to do with our community. Yeah. So true. And I'm blessed to be one of the anchors um, on that new show. And then me and Al Ferguson, who is like a god guru, uh, he was on uh, drag, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race for like a million years. And oh, then, wow, I didn't know that. That's yes. so cool. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, um, and um, the other anchors are, they all rotate and they're all different people in the community that are fantastic. We need to have you on the show sometime, by the yes, way. Yes, that would be amazing. And um, so then we also do It's Happening Out, which is a show, like a view, a kind of everything goes on a Wednesday um, evening we also do that and then um what else? I am a uh, pet advocate, as you know. You know, uh, I am the owner of Face for a Family, and we uh, take care of beautiful pets all year long. But we also do a lot of rescues because there is a huge need for uh, homes for a lot of pets. So adopt, don't shop. Yes. And uh, my other passion is uh, my public speaking on um, addiction recovery. Um, you know, I've been in recovery uh, for seven years. Seven years come November. I can't yes, believe it's girl. been that long. And uh, you know, LGBTQ. Uh, a lot of us in our community are unfortunately have succumbed to addiction and don't know where to turn and don't know what to do and think that there is no way to just live that like get out of that and right. you know and I am a perfect example that it is possible yes I totally agree with you mm -hmm. and I'm so proud of you thank you and November what uh, November 27th that's awesome yeah right. yeah right after getting effed up Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> close to seven years ago I woke up and was like wow what am I doing Oh, we're gonna dive into that. Oh, I'm please, excited. please, please. So let's uh, let's start off with you know what inspired you to create Faye What? You know what what it, did you wake up one day and you were like you know I wanna I wanna inspire I wanna showcase other people's stories I wanna like what what came to you and and how long did it take and well I've been in TV and radio for about twelve years right and um, I enjoyed it a lot and I loved working for other people Alex but the reality was that you know I had I was um, I was um, given jobs I was presented jobs where they wanted me to be straight 
you know, mm-hmm. and I just was, and I have to say that I took a couple of them where I was my, not my authentic self, you know, and got a paycheck for it and got a very nice paycheck for it. But that was heavy, you know, and it made my alcoholism grow bigger, um, you know, and so... Because um, you were escaping what was real. Yeah, completely. Every single day I dreaded going to work. I took at least four shots before I went into work. And at work I had what I called the Fay water, which was a Zephyr Hills, Zephyr Hills water. Very similar to this, but full of not water. <laughs> I've been there, done that. I'm exactly. Let the honesty. Oh man, and uh, you know, um, I couldn't live like that. I couldn't live like that. And and the universe, you know, came calling and didn't let me live like that because I I, I honestly just uh, I was like a hurricane. I messed up everything: my career, my relationships, my friendships, my home. You name it, I messed it up with my drugs and alcohol. And um, I always chose drugs and alcohol over everything. And, uh, you know, um, I lost many jobs. I mean, I would be drunk, like, on the air of, like, local radio stations down here that you listen to all the time. This crazy ass was like, Whoop. So, I, you know, I, I, I and um, doing that for a lot of years kind of got me out of the game. And then I started um, my pet rescue and pet boarding business because dogs don't talk back. <laughs> so true. They bark back, but they don't talk back. And the right. psychology of dogs is just so interesting. Um, you know, that's unconditional love. And they loved me when I didn't love myself. And I wow. started uh, my doggy business. And, um, you know, I, I was better with dogs than I was with people for a long time. Um, and that's really, really surprising because I was, I've always been a people person. But the drugs and alcohol took that away from me, too. And, um, you know, so I took care of I, I, I've been blessed to have a wonderful um, um, job, a, a wonderful business, you know, face for a family for now um, almost six years. That's amazing. Um, but, I'm so proud of you. But this kept on itching me, you know, yeah. and I would watch people on TV and say, I can do a better job or I want to do that job. Um, and I just couldn't find my niche where I fit in. So I decided to make my own niche, you know, and find my own place. And, uh, you know, uh, Faye Well allows me to be me. It allows me to interview whoever the F I want and talk about whatever the F I want. And people seem to like it. So, um, you know, I started Faye What, and then soon after, Queer News Tonight uh, came calling, and uh, here I am, back in front of a camera again. That is I so mean, amazing. It's a miracle. It really is. It's a freaking miracle. But you know? you know what's so cool is that you're creating your reality. Like, you're the one that's making it happen because you chose to believe in yourself, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, take risks, and look where you are. I mean, not, you know, not necessarily here right this moment, but, like, your growth, the, the fact that people want you on their show they you know they they see the value in who you are you know that's beautiful i would get booked for things and people would be like no no no, don't book fake because you're going to end up with someone drunk on stage or like making people fall over or whatever you know the late great lynn Beauvais, okay was one of my biggest supporters and when i was trying to get sober she was just like you've got to do this you can do this you will do this you know and I've got to say, you know, in my, I'm not going to say my age because a lady never says her age, (laughs) getting sober was the hardest thing I've ever done, ever done. And I've, I've lost family members. I've had very tough times. Like we all have in the LGBTQ community. Shit's not easy for us. It just isn't. You know, we've got to try harder for everything that we do. We have to show up earlier and for longer than anybody else has to. And, um, you know, that's what a lot of people in our community don't get. You know, so I got this second chance and I take it so seriously now where, you know, I show up, I'm prepared, I want to be there, I'm smiling no matter what's going on because 
most people don't get second chances. Very true. So tell us a little bit about what you learned in you know being in recovery. I, I also am in recovery. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to blow up your spot, no, but I know, and I love that. I love that good. about you. Something that like early on, like during COVID, me and this beautiful young lady, like you know, got to connect uh, through a friend, uh, through through uh, through a friend, Rachel. Thank you so much, by the way. Um, and you know, I remember us. It was just like kindred women that were all gonna just share their stories. It was during COVID, and everybody didn't have a place to go or talk or whatever. And after you and me just stayed talking for like another twenty minutes, and you know, you shared your recovery story with me, and I shared it back to you. And you know, I'm. I, I, it, it's called Alcoholics Anonymous, but I, I don't ever say my name is Faye and I'm, and, and I'm, you know, and I'm an alcoholic. I say uh, my name is Faye and I'm a woman in long-term recovery. You know, there's nothing ah, like anonymous that. about my recovery. Everybody knows it. I share it to the world. You know, I like that. Um, it's for, different. For the most part, if people have an issue with me not drinking, I did lose friends when I first got sober, and I found out that it was their issue. It was maybe that they were fearful of maybe their drinking, you know, career or whatever, and uh, and and that's just kind of how things went. Um, you know, I learned a lot in my recovery. You know, as you know, you know there is a part of recovery where you have to make amends to people, and that was probably the hardest for me to do. Step eight and nine were. Whew, a tough one you know I thought four was crappy I thought five was crappy but anyway oh, yeah. but eight and nine was bad and and, you know, the first couple of ones were fantastic because there were some people that were like, man, thank God you're not drinking anymore. You know, there's going to be less, there's going to be less sad people in the world now that you're not drinking no. anymore, Faye, you know? And I was like, yeah, this is going to be easy. And then I got to like, you know, the third and fourth person and people were like, look, I'm glad that you're not drinking, but I don't ever want to be in the same room with you anymore. And that was how much hurt. How did that, yeah, how did that impact you? Oh, I was, you know, I can't say that I didn't think about drinking. I really thought about saying, screw it, it didn't work. Because I'm a quitter, you know, I like easier, softer ways. You know, I've always tried to find the side way in, you know, or let me in for free. That's always been me, yeah. you know, so. Taking that corner route. Taking that corner route and for, uh, and, and something, something, something made me stick with it. You know, but I felt like shit, you know, and I was like, man, oh, can I continue to do this? Because my list was long, Alex. I really screwed over a lot of people. We tend to. We yeah. tend to. Yeah. You know, um, and I think it was, you know, in four and five, they tell you to write down, um, you know, all the people that you hurt, you know, and I was like, I didn't hurt nobody. I only hurt myself. And I have a wonderful sponsor that was like, you know. I've known you for this amount of time. I'm almost positive you've hurt every freaking person you know. So how about you just start writing down everybody's name? And she was right. Real. To some degree or another, I had either lied, cheated, or stolen, or just been not myself with all those people on the list. Yes. You know? And now, almost seven years later, I use all those tools. I still go to at least four meetings a week. Get the it, beauty girl. of Zoom is that I could go to it yes. any time from anywhere. And um, you and know, share that share that with people in case they're looking. You know, there are people out there who are struggling, who ugh. don't know how to to go to a meeting or, or are scared to go to a meeting. And now there there is Zoom. now they're everywhere, and you can go to to aa.org and all the meetings are on there. I'm blessed to say that, like right, you know, right out the bat, it lasts um, in March of 2020. I started my home group on Zoom, and then I took that group and made an LGBT uh, group on Zoom. And you know, what? and That's we were having ass. we were having like 200 people every single day, and it was beautiful. Now it's a lot less because you know now a lot of the rooms are open. Yeah. But I was fearful. I was fear. I, I was a little selfish. <laughs> 
because I also thought like, wow, what happens? I, this is like my church. When I'm having a good day, when I'm having a bad day, when it's just a whatever day, I come here. Right. What happens during COVID, which was something that no, none of us had ever, ever dealt with in our lives. What do we do? We can't see each other. You know, um, the drinking got me into AA, but the fellowship kept me there. Those people made yes. sure that my ass was in the seat every day. They called and texted me. Where are you, big Latin Amazon girl? And I would show <laughs> up, you know, and I was scared of some of them. They kind of put the fear of God into you, um, you know. But they helped wake you up and, and empower you to be the woman that you are today. They, they do. And why we are spared, I don't know, you know, because I've had at least seven people pass, you know, die. People that I came into the program with that are no longer with us. Yeah. And the amount of people that have relapsed, I can't even count. I would say in the hundreds now when I'm at, you know, seven years. And a lot of that would break me at times where I would say, you know what, F it. I'm going to go out the door with them. But I would pray and something would get me out of it. I don't know what that something is. And again, that's why I do know what that something is. It's my higher power, you know? It's the energy that's all around us. It's our universe having our backs, so to speak, you know? We're constantly like, what was me? What was me? Victims don't get better. Right. They don't. They don't. They don't. And it takes so much courage to own your shit, to talk about it, and to feel confident with sharing your story because at the end of the day, and, and not to sound negative, but you're not unique. No. So many people have done the exact same crazy shit. Yes. That that we've done, that you know, other people have yes. done. Yes. You I, know? I remember telling my sponsor things that I had done and I was like afraid that she was just gonna go, eek, you know? And she was like, I did that with three men. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, oh my god, you know, because and, and that's not just an AA, I think in everything. Yeah. As women, we're always like, if you had my life, you know, or we say things like, of course that happened to me. We, you know, with my love, blah, 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 blah. We can't say things like that. We're sending out the wrong energy. And the universe is constantly listening to us. Yes. So it will send back what your ass is asking for. Right. You just got to be careful about what you ask for sometimes. Right. You know, I asked for the love of my life and I ended up with a crazy Cuban. So you just have to be <laughs> careful when you ask for certain things. Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, um, I think that it's really courageous that, you know, you choose to be so open about your recovery because that's something that I've learned a lot of people struggle with. You know, they want to keep that anonymity, um, especially when it comes to the work environment. You know, there's a lot of judgment out there, unfortunately. Of course, there's and, a huge stigma on drugs and alcohol. And yeah, yeah, and you're helping shift that perspective, which is really beautiful. Well, because it needs to be normalized, yes. Alex. You know, the I reality agree. is that when you think of an alcoholic or a drug abuser, you think of someone under a bridge, you know, you think of someone dirty with no shoes on. This girl Been right there. here with these beautiful shoes on yeah, is, is an alcoholic. And I will always be an alcoholic in recovery. And I will have to do what I have to do every single day to keep that gift. Because it could be taken away from me like that. Yes. Like that. Like you that. know, I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer at the beginning of this year. Right? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I'm and so um, no, it's okay. I learned from that as well. I'm not saying that it was like, woohoo, yay me. You know, but, but it was like... You know, and my wife told me months later that she was worried that I might drink, that that might be something that would really, you know, because I felt like my body was turning against me. I was like, wow, what is going on? I stopped drinking and now this is going to happen? Like, what's up? You know, 
Um, and I had to, you know, go in deep and know that I'm not the first woman to go through breast cancer. I'm not the last woman to go through breast cancer. And I caught it early. I, I'm sitting here in front of you, almost six months to the date of my double mastectomy, and I, I get to, I get to tell about it. I get to talk about oh, it. Thank God. You know, um, yes, that's amazing. So I'm you know, grateful. bad things are gonna happen. You right. know, because just because we're good people doesn't mean that it's all gonna be rainbows and butterflies and freaking unicorns. That's not the truth. Right. You gotta walk through the fear. You've got to, and you've got to sit with it. And as addicts, we don't like to feel that. No. We don't like to feel that at all. I don't think any human being likes to feel that. No, exactly. You know? No human being. I just, I, I do believe that as addicts, there's something wire, there's some wires crossed. Correct. I really yeah. do believe that. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that, you know, normal people can go and have a glass of wine when they get home and go, ah, okay, coño, I feel much better. You know, we will have three bottles. You know, it just, we don't know the limit. True. There, there, there is none. There is no limit. What is it? One, one is not enough and a thousand is too many. Yeah, you know? exactly. So that's amazing. So tell me a little bit about Faye, uh, Faye Wood's childhood. Oof. I want to know, childhood. you know, like where, where do you come from? I was born in Jersey, which is the armpit of the United States, right? And, uh, you know, my parents are Colombian, Puerto Rican, and, um, you know, I love them to pieces. Um, you know, we don't, we haven't met eye to eye since I came out. I've been out for about 20 years now, you know, um, and, uh, you know, growing up, I always knew I was different. I liked my volleyball coach a little bit too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when my bestie moved to Orlando, I was devastated. Like, you know, and I didn't know then that, you know, that those were those extra feelings, you know? Um, you know, I, I had an, you know, an okay childhood. Um, I, I don't know my dad. I have a wonderful stepfather who raised me and I love him, you know, to pieces. And he was actually the first person I ever came out to. And he was like, okay, cool. I love you for you. No problem. You know, um, my mother wasn't so easy. And we still kind of, you know, fight about that. She wasn't at my wedding. Super heartbreak, you know. Yeah, that must have been really hard. Anything, you know, what does a mother, what does a girl want is, you know, to have a big wedding and have your family there. Yeah, and, yeah that uh, support. And, you know, my brothers were there, which I, I'm, I'm super, you know, elated about. But my mom just could not wrap her head around me being gay. She just could not. And, um, you know, she would pull out the Bible, you yeah. know, and blah, 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 and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, in my drunkenness, I would start looking for, for, for verses that, like, you know, would counter her. Like, you like shrimp, right? It says no shellfish. Now what? You know? <laughs> so I would constantly, you know, bring these things to her face, which I don't think was the right thing to do. And that was part, my, part of my alcoholism also, just always trying to, like, uh, I needed her to say she was wrong. Yeah. You know, I wanted her approval. I wanted her approval, but I yeah. also wanted her to say I'm sorry, you know, for not hugging me enough. And the reality is that like, once you do the work and once you start working on yourself, your childhood doesn't become that bad anymore. <laughs> All of a sudden you start looking at your parents as they did the best they could. Correct. You know, they did the best they could. Um, you know, me coming out to my mom, there's a stereotype about what lesbians look like. Okay, mm -hmm. and, and how lesbians are from a from a young age. If you, I hate to call my wife out, but if you look at my wife's pictures when she's a little girl, she looks like a little tomboy in a dress. Like you can tell that her mom dressed her. You know, yeah. I've always loved big dresses and makeup and hair and shoes. Like, but I, you know, like women. You know, and my mom just—it's very hard. It's been very hard for her to wrap her head around the fact that I had a ton of boyfriends and had no issue with boys. They just bored me. You know, a blowjob and a sandwich, and they were happy. You yeah. know, like I needed more substance, and women have that, and have always had that for me. You know, um, I really like sandwiches. 
Me too. Yeah, they're pretty good. More than blowjobs. A more lot more. Yeah, yeah. More than blowjobs for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's really empowering. And I mean, despite, you know, your mother not showing up to your wedding and not being as supportive and accepting and apologetic as you want her to be, you have still kept going in the direction of the life that you chose for yourself, that you're choosing for yourself, you know, and that's empowering. Like you should be proud of that because it's, it's hard. It's work, Alex. It's work. It's and I'm lazy. Work. And I'm lazy. I am lazy. Like you don't understand. Like I, I love the honesty because it's the truth. I show up now because I know I have to. You know the gifts that I have gotten because I've done the work and because I keep on trying to do the next right thing. I'm not perfect. I f up all the time. Every night, you know, I'm like I go through my day and I go, oh. I should have done that better. I should have done this better. But I've got these tools now, and I use them in everyday life. It's just kind of take a breath, pause instead of cursing somebody out. You know, like before, it just you jump at the chance to, to just have an altercation with with somebody when it's not necessary. You know. Right. And I'm glad that I was able to learn that before COVID and vaccines and non-maskers and all that because I would have lost my shit last year Hell on yeah. somebody for sure. Absolutely. You know. So. It's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. What is it that, you know, that you're, I mean, I think you're really passionate about kind of being in the public eye and, and making a difference. Is there anything else that you're like really passionate about? Uh, definitely pets, definitely animals. You know, like I told you before, um, it's, it's, it's the unconditional love that we get from animals, you know, and the amount of animal, I have dogs and cats that are out there that don't have homes, you know, like during quarantine, I told you guys about Face for a Family. So during quarantine, Face for a Family was not working because most people were at home with their pets. So they didn't need me to take care of their dogs. Right. So I went to Miami-Dade Animal Services and picked up eight dogs and found them all homes during, co wow. during quarantine. And people were happier. Like they were home alone. Why not be home alone with your dog? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that is something that is like, I guess, I don't know if that's more of a passion than it is like, okay, that's just true to my heart. You know, um, at the end of my drinking career, when I was suffering maybe, you know, three seizures a week, like easy. Um, Cause I you would, cause you would cut, you would stop cold turkey and then. Well, if I had too much or if I had too little, there was no way to gauge by the end of it. You know, um, if you guys know the Smirnoff bottles that has a handle, that would be my drink for two days. Okay. I'm not that big of a person and that is how much I drank every yep. two days. But people don't realize that that is, that is fathomable and it is. And it is. For an example. And it is. And, um, you know, and I would come to and my dog Padme would be like sitting there licking my face or licking my throw up or something. And I was like, oh, my God, this has to stop, you know. And yeah. there were, um, you know, I almost said I'm embarrassed to say this, but you know what? I'm not embarrassed to say this. Uh, you know, suicidal thoughts were a common thing. I wanted to die almost every day. I woke up constantly like, fuck, God, why? Why are you waking me up again? I don't want to wake up. Yes. Um, you know, it's like, okay, a couple Xanax and vodka was the norm for me. And I've seen people pass away from that same cocktail. Um, right. And, you know, but my dog was there, you know, and I really like now my dog can piss and shit everywhere and I can't do anything because I'm still doing living amends for that dog because that dog was just there for me. And it may sound silly to some of you, you know, but, it's, but it's, it was, it's your, it was your companion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your dog was there for you when you felt like you had no one else. And I didn't have that. I think that that's very special and very beautiful. And it's helped, you know, shape who you become, you know, mm -hmm. and allowed you to give back. 
well, she saved my life, you know, that's the reality of it. If I know that there was a couple of times there that I could have gone through with the suicide, but I thought to myself, if nobody finds Padme, I could not live with myself. Like right. there'd be no way I'm going to cry. There'd be no way that like that, that dog is just everything to me. There'd be no way. My wife is going to totally give me shit about this interview. She's going to say, you talked about Padme for 20 minutes and you probably mentioned me once. But, but anyways, but it is what important. it is. I'm sorry, baby. You know, it, like, it's, <laughs> and not that, not that your wife is not important. She's very, very, very important. But this is, this is something that people need to hear about because, you know, I think, um, people, don't always understand that companionship that can happen with an animal and the mm-hmm. importance of being kind to animals. Uh, well, and when someone says it's, it's just a dog, I'm like, unfollow, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I won't unfriend you because I'm not that kind of girl. I'm not in high school, but I will unfollow you. you know? like, yeah, it's just it's not just a pet. But that's but I think that's really special. And you know, in that again, your dog kind of saved you, and now you're out there saving other. Dog. For sure. Other animals. For sure. I that was, is, that's cool. That's I, like a, a 180, you know? It's kind of like, you know, how you give back. It's how you pay yes. back. You know, I'm a firm believer of paying back all, all your debts. And that's a debt that I probably will never be able to pay back. You know, um, my wife and I were just in Puerto Vallarta. We were in Mexico for uh, six days. And one of the days we devoted to helping the SPCA down there. So we like Very volunteered, nice. walked our dogs, took care of kennels and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was a couple of hours of our day. Like, how did that make you feel? Oh, I felt like a badass. Yeah. I felt like a badass because it's like, you know, I was tired, I was dirty, I was nasty, but like, you know, my wife was like, really? On vacation, we're going to do this? But after that, she, you can tell that she had a little per, like pep in her step too. Right. You know, um, people don't understand that doing service. Like, is a high. And I know that sounds cheesy. I know that sounds cheesy. I never expected to be that girl that walked around smiling. Okay? I would love to punch people out that walked around (laughs) smiling. I lived in San Francisco. In San Francisco, everybody walks around like this. What the fuck are you smiling about? You know? Um, Now I'm that girl. Because it's like you only have one life. Yes. If If I pass away tomorrow, I want everybody who is a part of my life to say... Faye always made me smile. She always reminded me of the good reasons of that humanity does exist and that we can all unite together and be part of this incredible community that we have. Yes. Yes, girl. You know, and, and like now my new, not my new venture, but, you know, I'm, um, you know, I've got a really close friend of mine that's trans and like, she's my fucking everything. She's my everything. She's my sister. We talk from the morning to the night and I can't imagine my life before her, you know. Now having her as a sister now, I'm learning all the ins and outs of the trans community that I didn't know. You know, I've been out for 20 years and I thought I knew it all, you know? Same. And yeah, I, I don't know shit. And most, people know, shit. and most people know less, Alex, which is incredible, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, there's no way that, that legislatures and government are ever going to take us seriously if we aren't united together taking care of each other. So what do you suggest to the audience, to the people out there that are watching this, like ha- because you know i think and, and myself included i'm still learning I'm, I'm trying to educate myself i'm utilizing this platform this podcast to help educate myself as well but like what would you say to the community out there of how to embrace and and help the transgender community feel more accepted feel more seen feel that they they need to be heard and that they are just as important as everyone else because at the end of the day we're human. We're human. 
we're human and we're all part of this. You know, all the acronyms are together for a reason. Yes. You know, um, I know that my older folks, my older peeps, I know that we're like, okay, we've been there, done that. We fought in this, you know, we were there for Stonewall. We got through AIDS. We don't want to learn anymore. You know, now if we go back to, the, to those riots, the people who threw those first bricks were trans women of color that had our backs. Yes. Everything new always starts with the trans community, but no one gives them the credit that they deserve, you know? Um, so I would say get educated. I agree. I think, I think that it's important that the community, everybody out there, educates themselves on learning more about the transgender community. And I think, truthfully, and I can only really speak for myself, but like, I've been fearful to, to go and approach my friends who are transitioning or who have transitioned because I don't want to offend them. And I'm so limited with my education that the fear feels like it's paralyzing me from learning what mm -hmm. I should be learning. Well, it's kind of like how so many people are against the LGBTQ community because they don't know us. They don't understand us, right? Yeah. And then they end up with a gay or lesbian or whatever daughter or son, and all of a sudden they're forced to. You know, look oh, at yeah. Eminem's adopted daughter. She came out as non-binary a couple months ago, and it's like, wow, Eminem, who said so many derogatory things against our community, now has to sit and deal with our community, like it or not. You know, so that fear does paralyze us, but we can't allow it to. Right. You know, no, I agree. It's, you know, it would be different if it was like, you know, we're, we're under the same umbrella, Alex. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's like if you, I'm almost positive, I would say 98% that those friends of yours that are early transition would be over the moon that you would ask them. Well, thank you. I you appreciate know? that. Yeah. Because it's, it's fear and you don't want to offend and you don't no. want to say the right thing. But the reality is that saying the wrong thing will lead to saying the right thing. Right. You know, yeah. we've got to stumble before we can walk, you know. And, Amen, sister. And, Amen. And, and you know what's the, the biggest thing, Alex, and, and one of the main reasons why I wanted to do your show was because I am totally like just, I can't believe how the lesbian community hasn't come up for the trans women. At the end of the day, trans women aren't trans women. Trans women are women. Lesbians are women. So what the F then? Then why isn't it, why aren't we coming for each other? Right. You know, boys have different stuff. I get it, boys are different. Gay boys are different, you know, but girls are girls. Ever since we were little girls, they would, they would pair us together to walk to the bathroom together. Right. Grab your nearest trans woman and grab her by the hand and walk to the bathroom with her. Yes. It is time that we stand together with these girls. They're yes. getting killed every single day. Okay, and because a lot of our a lot of us lesbians get to pass, we just say it doesn't have anything to do with us. Bullshit! It does have something to do with us. Yeah, it definitely does. We need to fight for our community. We really do. We need to protect them and make them feel safe and accepted. And the only way to do that is to ask questions, to, to educate ourselves, to to be vulnerable, to take risks. And thank you. You're not thank always going to say the right thing, right? And, and and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, because I think that that's part of learning like when when you were in math class or you know English class you weren't always gonna get the right answer but eventually you learned and you got the right answer and as long as you keep doing the right thing saying the right thing respecting you know the, the process mm -hmm. trusting the process trusting rather, the process rather everything will work out everything will work out but it's a, it's just one of those things like you know the progressive flag was such a big 
to do. It's like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not respecting our elders and history that put together this flag. Aren't we an inclusive community? Don't we want to include everyone? So if I have to add 15 more lines and some freaking glitter, I'm gonna do it because Let's I go. want us to be included. I want yes. every single person that believes that they're part of our community to see themselves in the freaking flag. Yes, I love that. I love that, it's so true, it's so true. Um, so I wanna know, what is the, uh, the legacy that you'd like to leave behind? Oof, that's a tough question. I know. Being your true authentic self is okay and it's enough. You are enough. You're enough to be loved. You're enough to, to love someone, whoever it is. You know, um, life is hard, Alex. Yeah, it is. And, and no one gave us a guide no map one. as to how to deal with heartbreak, death, you know, mental illness, uh, suicidal ideation, yep. addiction. No one gave us that in elementary school. No, and then you throw some LGBT sprinkles on top of the shit cake and then you know less. Right. You know less. You know, I'm the first person in my little family that came out as gay. So I didn't have anybody to look up to. I didn't have anybody to ask. I just, I've been winging it for 20 years. I've been doing okay. But you know, like it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where you should grab someone younger that just is coming out, you know, and being their true authentic self and show them the way and maybe they won't fall and get all those bumps and bruises that you went through. Right. You know, yeah. so uh, if I, like I've told, like I said before, if I leave tomorrow, I would really just ask, like, you know, ask these lesbians out there to step up, to stand up, to, you know, um, we've got to do more. We've got to do more. And I don't know exactly what that is, you know, but I'm only one person. And if my voice does anything and resonates with anybody, then I did my job and I'm happy and I could lay down tonight and say thank you God for giving me another exceptional day of power and voice. Thank you, that was amazing, I love that. You're so cute, I'm gonna have you just walk around with me so like, whenever <laughs> like, I talk to people you go, that's amazing, and I go, yes, Alex, I love it. It is, I fucking love this show, it's great. You're doing an awesome job. Thank you. Um, so I wanna know, what is something that you wish that the community would kind of embrace upon more um and i guess i kind of want to go towards like a conversation that we had briefly before the show um just to be honest i was like you know faye what it's, it's kind of a big deal i'm just i'm just starting out and it's not it's a little intimidating to ask somebody who's doing you know a similar concept to to be on your show because you feel like there's fear they might not want to be, your audience isn't big enough. And when I spoke to Faye, she was like more than happy to do it. And I want, you know, and, and I felt like, would she feel like there's some sort of competition? And I don't want that to be the case. And thankfully you said that that wasn't the case. No, my, my words were, there's room for all of us. And if you're educating too, then hell yeah, sister, keep it going. Yes. You know, women have, Oh God, we just, uh, not all of us, of course, but you know, we uh, walk into a room and it's like, is she prettier than me? Does she have better shoes? Like we're always trying to step on each other. And man, there's no point in that. We're so much stronger together that it's just undeniably stupid when people do that. And women can get catty with each other. Yes. And there just isn't a need. So when you asked me to be on your show, I was like, F yeah. You've had Grace on here, who I love from Aqua Foundation. I love you. You've had Josie. You've had Deanna, who I love as well. Like you've had some great women on the show. Thank you. How could I not? 
not. And all those women are not stepping on each other. You know, they're no. sitting on each other's shoulders going, all right, let's keep on. Let's keep this train going. We are going to kick ass and take names and don't and be unapologetic about it. Yeah. And I want that. I mean, I hope you want that more for the community because it, there, I feel like there is so much competition and I, I want that to change. And I don't know mm -hmm. how to do that mm -hmm. aside from talking about it. Completely. Look, think about this. We can't keep a lesbian bar. Right. We can't keep a lesbian bar open. It's so okay. true. There yeah. are between 13 and 15 in the whole country. In the 80s, there were about 300. Wow. Let that sink that. in. Okay. Wow. 13 in the whole country, and three of them are in New York. So let's just say that. Not one in Florida. Now, I know Miami, South Florida is this small. The rest is Trump country. I get it. But it's just, you know, I don't want to say that we don't support because that's not it. We do support. We come out when we need to. But, you know... For the most part, when it comes to establishments, we need to go local. We need to go and say, oh, Josie owns Bubbles and Pearls. I'm going to go spend my money there on Wilton Drive because she's a lesbian. I'm a lesbian. I want to support my community. Well, you know what? Believe it or not, usually after the show, I, um, I tend to take my guests out to specifically Bubbles and Pearls every, almost every week to, and not everyone, you know, it's, it's an acquired menu. It's a great menu, but you know, there's... There are vegan options. There's, you know, carnivore options. There's other carnivore. Yeah, carnivore mm -hmm. options. Um, and, but, but it's you know a, a small menu and and a and a really amazing place. So I always go with everyone who who's been on the show to show support. Mm -hmm. You know, because it is important to do that. And that's what we have to do. You yeah. know, women get together and then they go sit on the couch and watch and order Uber Eats and freaking watch Netflix. You right. know, we stop going out once we get together. You know, and I'm a little different. I've always considered myself a little gay boy sometimes. So like <laughs> I told my wife early on, I'm not that person. Like know that. I will go out with my friends if I want to go out if you don't want to, you know, and I would never disrespect you, but I want you to understand that that's never going to go away, you know, right. I'm a that's people person, are. I need to be out there, you know, yeah. and that's why me and her work is for that, is because of that, I can't stand being smothered and someone, where are you, what are you doing, what's going on, I haven't heard from you in three minutes, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't, I, I can't deal with that, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, but so going back to the, the clubs, we just, you know, we do, we do Aqua Girl, and you know, we do uh, Girls in Wonderland, Girls in Wonderland. And we do you know, Dinosaur on the West Coast. We, you know, we put our money together and we go to big things, but when it comes to local things, you know, it's we gotta not... We've got to step it up more. We have to. We have to. We have to, because these things, you know, there's no reason why I have friends come down and visit me from New York, and it's like, oh, take me to a lesbian bar. I don't have one to take you to. We can go to Holy Mackerel on Sundays, Josie's spinning, or we can go here, right. or Citizen Jane is spinning. Right. But, you know, it's not, you know, uh, G-Spot. Uh, you know, one of my dear friends, Mercer, used to own G-Spot. And, um, you know, it went away. Like, it wasn't supported. It's not easy to open an establishment down here in South Florida and then not get the support. Right, and to keep it. Faye, thank you so much for being on the show. It was an honor and pleasure to get to hear your story. You know, like, I'm so used to you interviewing people. It was nice for me to be able to interview you. Yeah, for a second, I was about to turn it around and go, but how do you feel about this, Alex? You know? <laughs> so thank you.
thank you for allowing me to sit in this chair. Absolutely. It really does mean a lot. You know, I, I definitely want your viewers and your listeners to know that, you know, second chances happen. And, you know, if you want to go get that career, go get it. If you want to go back to school, go to school. If you want to come out and live your true, authentic self, do it. If you want to stop doing drugs and alcohol, you can. Yes. You know, there are no boundaries. Life is limitless. The only boundaries are the ones that you set yourself. Yes, sister. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex.